0: to Davenport. We are an irregular horror podcast that covers sci-fi and retro horror television shows. Uh, I'm joined tonight on this pre-Halloween evening uh, by my co-host Drew. Hello. Allison. Hello. And myself. I'm Andy. Um, we are here... Absent a member tonight, uh, Val is fleeing the authorities out in Europe somewhere, so <laughs> he will <laughs> not be joining us for this episode. This is a uh, special side episode, not a full Davenport. Uh, we will be discussing a special uh, rerun theater double feature that we just saw at the Hollywood Theater. So these are both things that we did not pick out, um, but just, um, what's that word, serendipitously? Uh, we're showing... Uh, And this is totally in our wheelhouse, so we watched an episode of Kolchak, uh, the Trevi Collection, and we watched an episode of The X-Files, Home, from, that was the first season, right?
1: Um, it was from season four.
0: Season four, the fourth season. Um, the, this episode of The X-Files is one of the more notorious episodes, it has, uh, we're gonna jump right into spoilers for both of these things, so, um, you know, prepare yourselves there, but it is... Ooh, there, 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 there's some good body horror um, in this episode of the X Files.
2: Yeah, um,
0: there are limbs amissin'. There are there are inbred family members. They're like they're, they're like they've got like a caveman Cro Magnon thing going on.
1: Full spoilers for both the Trevi Collection episode of Kolchak the Night Stalker and for the episode of the X Files Home. And also for the episode of Home, I'm going to give a content warning just because our last episode was a Disney made-for-TV movie.
2: True. So
1: this might not be to everyone's taste. If you're not a hardcore horror fan, I would suggest maybe don't watch Home. Maybe just listen to us talk about it. Um, yeah. it's, it's very graphic. It is one of the most disturbing episodes that they ever did for the x-files it
0: notoriously was the first episode that ever had a content warning preceding the episode um, yeah because it was it was so disturbing Uh,
1: it is it's it's straight up a horror a short horror film basically
0: yeah it you know it it really blows my mind that this didn't get censored all that much but then you have that masters of horror episode that infamously didn't air in the u.s when the, the thing that got that episode banned in the U.S. was that there was, like, you know, fetuses being dumped in a river.
1: Which one was that?
0: Um, it's the one It's the one with the Japanese woman. Um, Is it Imprint? No, it wasn't Imprint. I can't remember what the name of it was. But okay. it was, oh, and I wish I could remember the actor's name in it, too, because it has one of those uh, actors who has a really iconic face in it.
1: Oh, um, it's been so long since I've seen it. Masters of Horror. Yeah, the
0: plot is he travels to um, a brothel in Japan searching for, like, a woman that he fell in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, and he finds the woman, but she's, like, possessed by a demon. It counts the story of why she's, like, possessed by a demon in this demon whorehouse.
1: I feel like um, we should know what that one's called so we can spoiler warning for that, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but... you're talking but about. But
0: basically, it it was never aired in the U.S. because it, it, it's graphic and they're, like... There are fetuses just being dumped, you know, like, in a lake after they've been aborted, and it's rough. But there is a scene in this episode, like, the, the opening of this episode is, like, a, a, a fresh-born baby being buried. Um, you know, while it's still alive, it's gruesome. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, um, it's, this is, it. it's gonna be kind of a rough watch, that one. So yeah. So, be for Although, if you love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre... Uh-huh then go or
0: right to or it. the hills, or have, the hills eyes. have eyes very hills have eyes yes go
1: go ahead and watch it go ahead and watch it you'll have a good time if What's you haven't the seen
3: it already the, the family that hills have eyes is based on the oh the shawnee gonna, the shawnee
1: shawnee, shawnee or shin i'm it's scottish the sh- uh, shawnee bean family yeah i believe is what mm-hmm. they were it has a
3: very shawnee bean kind of yeah this is this vibe. is the peacock family
0: well mm-hmm. do
1: we yeah in my head it's funny because I, i'm I think it's from the movie Spider Baby, which is kind of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, proto, type. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I kept thinking of the Mary family while watching that episode. Do we mm-hmm. want to? Do we want to talk about? We want to get full on into home, or Do we want to start with Kolchak? Let's
0: let's start with Kolchak. I
1: think I think before we get into Kolchak, um, and we're just kind of freewheeling here because this is just a fun bonus thing that we wanted to throw in for. Right spooky October times, which we weren't even sure if we'd be able to do any additional content since we had such a long, unplanned hiatus earlier this year. But we had this opportunity. Actually, it was Andy's idea. He looked at the Hollywood Theater schedule and, you know, take a drink, because mm-hmm. Hollywood Theater,
0: <laughs> maybe not too many the drinks.
1: Um, we He saw that this continuing monthly series rerun theater was going to be showing an episode of Kolchak, The Night Stalker, and an episode of The X-Files back-to-back, which is like, how can you how can you not do that doing the podcast that we have? And mm-hmm. we were free, so Drew and I joined Andy at the theater, and because we were in a theater, uh, I wasn't able to usually... to, I usually take notes when we're watching stuff, and I wasn't able to do that, so we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants and mm-hmm. what we remember about the episodes. But I also wanted to mention, too, um, we as Andy said, Val isn't with us tonight and she's going to be gone for probably an episode or two because she's, uh, she's been honeymooning and she's recovering from honeymooning. And then I think she's, uh, having a, planned tonsillectomy in November, so we, mm-hmm. we'll hear from Val again, but it'll be a little while. Her her life is pretty crazy, and we wish her all the best. So.
0: Well, at, at least they let her out of the country. We were unsure what with the pandemic and all that going on right now, That you know, how travel is going to go, mm-hmm. but apparently it's been going pretty good. So, But
1: she's, she's doing well, and we... Wish her a big congratulations on the new nuptials. Welcome to the family, Chuck. Yeah, many happy returns. <laughs> As Andy, what did you say that this is an irregular show? An irregular show from an that's irregular right. family. <laughs> Welcome to the, to the weirdness, Chuck. So we we will be missing Val for the next couple episodes, but don't be alarmed. There's nothing amiss. It's mm-hmm. all just normal life stuff. Well, yeah. I guess I don't know tonsils. That's not so great, but.
0: Yeah, they, st- they still do tonsillectomies. Yeah,
1: so. but that's definitely not a procedure you want to have and then try to record a podcast. No, so for sure. We're going to give Val a break for a little while. Um, but yeah, so the first segment they showed for Rerun Theater was the episode of Cold Shack that we mentioned, and that was also peppered with lots of, actually both episodes were peppered with a lot of great, old commercials for Halloween. So they threw in a lot of old, like they had the McDonald's little chicken McNuggets that are in little costumes, (laughs) little vampires and little Frankenstein's monsters. And they had, um, Gosh, they had like the Frankenberry Count Chocula commercial. Yeah, the, the
0: cereal commercials are the ones I remember from a kid. That uh, that Captain Crunch commercial where mm-hmm. all the, the zombies come Captain back Crunch, and they yeah. want to get the yeah, I yeah. remember that really and clearly. And the Noid.
1: Oh, the yeah. Noid. Noid.
0: And <laughs> and previews for
1: some great stuff. They had a preview for the classic made-for-TV movie "Don't Don't Be Afraid of the Dark," which was later remade into a feature film, which hmm. at some point we should check out. And then, you know, maybe we could do a comparison of the two. That oh, could sure. could be kind of cool. And then they had a preview for uh, Let's Scare Jessica to Death, which has one of the best titles ever. And yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that, but I have to say... The preview made the movie look way more action packed than it I remembered actually being. There but. seemed
0: to be a whole lot going on in that movie. Like were yeah, they, were, was it like a vengeful ghost or was it a possession? Was she a witch? Were there zombies? There was a lot. I I have so many questions. About well, about that not,
3: movie you saw every good scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I kind of got that <laughs> impression.
0: But but they're they're all out of order, so I'm not sure what leads to what. Right. I don't
1: want to. Yeah, since we're not covering that, I'm and that was a theatrical. A release film. I I'm not gonna answer those questions because it's spoilers for that. Fair enough. But, I'll,
0: I'll say that that trailer hooked me though. But I the title, to watch you it. To watch <laughs> it. Yeah. the title
1: was great because people were laughing. They were cracking up in the theater when that title came on. Let's scare, scare Jessica, Jessica to, to death. death. It was just really really good Halloween atmosphere. And so hats off to the guys that run the do the rerun theater series. Because they put a lot of love and effort into pairing these two episodes. They didn't just throw in the episodes. And then you had actual commercials for the episodes, like cut in. So they were watching like VHS rips, which is interesting on a big screen, but it just definitely hits home with that nostalgia factor. Yeah,
3: if you're a Portland native like us, or, well, yeah, if you're in Portland like us, or if you're like, somewhere near Portland and you are able to go to the Hollywood theater, definitely check it out. All the rerun cinemas are always, or theaters are always great. And then, uh, fingers crossed they'll be doing it this year, but, uh, previous years they would always do the star Wars Christmas special. Oh yeah. And they cut out probably 25 minutes worth of Wookiee gibberish. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes the movie go a little quicker. Mm -hmm. It's still... It's easier uh, to watch. It's it's still not the easiest to watch, though. Um, But we definitely... We try and do that every time that's available to us.
1: It's a family
3: tradition. Yeah. Like, right. You know, and then... They say George
0: Lucas's work is really, you know, it, it. those battles are won and lost on the editing table. They say that the original Star Wars trilogy, the editing is really what made those movies great. Right. And they say that that's the, the prequel trilogy, episodes one through three. A lot of people say, you know, there's good movies in there. They just need to be edited properly. Um, specifically, you need to take Jar Jar Binks and edit him out of every scene that he's in. Yeah, but... I, I... <laughs> and
1: also child anakin
0: i'm gonna say uh, he's, he's a minor part of the series though you he know bothers me <laughs> so, sorry <yeah>. kid. <laughs> the,
3: the drink for the hollywood <laughs> theater and then of course the drink the drink for the star wars. wars reference. it's
0: gonna be a fun halloween um
3: right but yeah definitely check it out if you ever are able to they're they put on a great show they mm-hmm. do a lot of sci-fi stuff buck rogers um
1: we saw... Battlestar
3: Galactica. We saw
1: Space 1999. That's how we were introduced to Space yeah. 1999 mm-hmm. as, a, as a television show because they were showing episodes of it there.
0: So... And they are not paying us. They, you know... It's no. just It's just a fun place and there's good curators who, who know their content and they know their audience.
1: Well, and, and they're also being very, very careful and safe if that's a concern for you. I know there's a lot of folks out there who don't feel comfortable or you know, maybe they just aren't able to go to a theater right now. But
3: right. if you're listening to this years later, that's because this is during the pandemic. right Yeah. Yep. Sure. So that's, that's the real horror. So the, the, <laughs> the
1: reason why they chose the, the Trevi collection, um, was because apparently one of the guys who runs the series was, uh, scarred by this as a child because it has one of my favorite scary things, scary mannequins There are so many good shots of mannequins in this. I was not alive when this when this aired so I was not and I didn't see this as a child. Thank goodness anybody who listened to our Twilight Zone episode where we talk about the Uncanny Valley Mm -hmm. knows how I felt about that from the after hours. Yeah. So this originally aired um, I believe in January of 1975 and and it is a witch story, which is in the fashion industry.
0: Yeah, there, there's a good twist, too. There's a little mystery wrapped up in this one. Um, I haven't seen all of Kolchak yet, but there's a, there's a nice misdirect here. Um, I specifically, the thing that stood out to me was they did a lot of good camera work, the practical effects with those mannequins, because they, about half the time they had shots of the mannequins. They would, they'd just be mannequins and they wouldn't be doing anything. Sometimes they would have shots of the mannequins moving. Sometimes it would be actresses painted up like mannequins and they would like do moving and stuff like that. And they cut all of these shots together so that you're never quite sure what it is that you're looking at, whether it's like a plastic mannequin or a person in makeup or... Right. It, it was really good. I was impressed with how they did it.
3: Well, I mean, um, what really made those scenes impressive, like you're saying, is, was the makeup. Yeah. makeup, like, there was one where like I saw one of them move a little, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that one's in the actress. Yeah. And then the one behind her yeah, it just turns that I her thought head. was just a mannequin <laughs> just happened to be a lady that was better at keeping still. Yeah. And then she was the one that moves and I'm like, damn, that one got me. hmm Yeah, lot of good lot of good work with mirrors
0: too in this episode. There's a lot of mirrors. Um Okay. <laughs>
1: creepy sounds coming from the other room. Uh, it's, it's part <laughs> of
0: the course, part of the season. <laughs>
1: our our house is decorated to the nines for Halloween and we are what are we, three nights out?
0: We are, yeah, this is uh, four. Four nights when out. we're from recording All this. Eve.
1: And we often have uh we often have like a atmospheric pumpkin video on it's and the
3: streaming ghoul log on shutter right now. It's switched from return of the gulag or night of the gulag to return of the gulag which has much more dramatic sound effects yeah so there was
1: all of a sudden there was creepy background noise which is probably not getting picked up by the mic but we all had a moment we're like wait what is that (laughs) so um i wanted to mention real quick we were talking about andy you you looked this up with the cast for this episode you have Mm -hmm. you know you have your your recurring characters from the INS news desk. Yeah. And you, you know, Darren McGavin plays Carl Kolchak in case you didn't already know that. And if you didn't already know that you should definitely go back and listen to our 2020 episode where we talk about the first telefilm that has Kolchak in it, which is The Night Stalker. The Night Stalker. So we go into so detail good. about the character and the background for the story. This is an episode of the short-lived series that came out a couple years after that. And we yeah. have um, we have Simon Oakland playing Tony Vincenzo. He's both in the first two films and he is in all of the episodes. And he's him and Darren McGavin really play off of each other really well. They've got this sort of love-hate relationship but you can tell that there's you know genuine friendship and caring because otherwise why would they keep putting up with each other right we have a couple guest stars one of them is if you're a dark shadows fan you would recognize actress laura parker who played angelique on dark shadows and if you're a love boat fan you would recognize bernie copel who plays a doctor in this so go figure yeah. <laughs> he's, he's playing got a doctor. A doctor. Face. Yeah, he plays a doctor on the love boat and he's playing a doctor in this. And we have uh, Nina Nina Falk as Madame Trevi. So, this is a really fun mid 70s witch episode. Yes. And we're treated to really opulent settings that the Trevi collection refers to a fashion house or, as uh, Madame Trevi calls it, her salon. Salon. And it is very detailed and gorgeous like this whole place where she showcases her latest designs and she's very Mm. anti-nostalgia fashion for some reason and i'm not really sure what constitutes as
0: she wants to be cutting nostalgia but she's like
1: nostalgia is over and she's ripping up one of her designer (laughs) sketches and it's like this is a nostalgia piece but a flowing cape covered in feathers. Oh
0: god, is the, the, not... the owl look. Yeah, I was it like, actually, "Well, you look like a barn owl. Get out of here!" It was
1: sweet. I'm <laughs> I'm not opposed to the barn owl look. I'm gonna say, um, and and everything was like a soft chocolate brown or like a coppery hue, which also, So yeah. as someone who loves earth tones in the 70s. Delicious
3: in caramel. Car- yes, delicious
0: said. in caramel. Oh god, there were so many good lines. Not in this gonna episode. argue.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so. It's just fun. If you are somebody who loves, you know, some of those Hammer Horror sets or you love, like, 70s pagan depictions in general, I think you're going to have a fun time with this episode. And honestly, you know, you have Attack Mannequins, but some of the Check episodes, and we'll cover more as we go get into a realm of being kind of ridiculously hokey sometimes the makeup effects are kind of terrible or um there's just questionable cultural references and this one doesn't have that at least as far as what i could tell it it really has
3: other than it could put you off if you're a real wiccan and you're uh Upset by their depictions of witchcraft. Yeah, um, there were,
0: there, there were, it was the 70s, I think,
3: you know. I,
1: think <laughs> I think most modern day pagans have a sense of humor about campy 70s depictions of, of witchcraft right. and covens, or as they called it, coven.
2: Covens. Which is
1: so funny because if you've ever seen the documentary American movie, you'll get why coven is, is a funny reference.
3: <laughs> but yeah, Which it's... what I leaned in over and said to you as they said it in the theater.
1: Yeah. Coven. And while while the story is unfolding, basically there's a mysterious death at the beginning and the guy who dies is going to be a, a source supposedly for Kolchak and so he's there to meet him and he sees the guy fly out a window. So he has to poke around and investigate and figure out what's happening and this model keeps kind of cozying up to him because she wants him to... Give her good coverage and media exposure. Yeah, she exposure. Needs publicity.
3: Yeah. Because there's no such thing as bad publicity.
1: Which, without revealing too much, kind of made me think of that more recent film they're watching. Hmm. The found footage oh, movie that right, takes place right. in Eastern right. Europe where it's like a home makeover show. Yeah, you shouldn't yeah. say anymore. No, I won't say anymore. I won't say anymore. But it's... why?
3: Yeah.
0: yeah, and the uh, the the model Madeline Perkins, played by Laura Parker of the, of the, the Dark Shadows later on, um, just gotta say that, that woman, she can scream, she can cackle. She has got range with her voice.
1: Her psycho laugh was yeah. so creepy. Yeah. Yeah, Like during the course of Kolchak's investigating this, he ends up going to this lecturer who is a so-called expert on witches and he ends up buying the guy's book for 1095. Begrudgingly <laughs> 1095. <as he laughs> comments. And he, he ends up having a conversation with a woman who tries to turn him on to a good actual coven and he's basically being set up but he doesn't know it and Mm -hmm. he is basically brought into this really awesome house that's just opulent and has stained glass windows and kind of looks like a dark church and they make him put a robe on but he's still got the the hat, right <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> that port, the he's pork pie hat, what, uh, or is that what is that called?
3: It's just like a straw fedora. Yeah. Okay. Anyway,
1: he's got the hat, and he's totally caping it in hat, and he's given messages from the the coven, and told that he's under a curse of a of a black witch and yeah. black magic, and he has to read the messages backwards in a mirror, and. <laughs> It's just, it's so ridiculous and so fun, and it's so very, it just screams seven. Yeah, right, that they're about to
0: sacrifice a goat. It's great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thankfully they don't. But it, it was, and then after he leaves, after they trick him, they convince him that Madame Trevi is, is the evil witch. Yes. And that she's the one that caused the murder of not just his contact, but also there was a... One model who was attacked and survived um, by a cat. By a cat. Cat oh, attack. Great.
0: They just tossed the cat on her. And it's another great.
1: model dies. Actually, dies in her shower in her apartment. a la the death spot. Yeah, she gets. She gets in the shower and she supernatural things intervene and she.
0: And she's it's yeah, she gets it. locked in and, and, and fricasseed, mm-hmm. in Colchak's words. And there were there were a couple of these scenes that uh, this predates Dario Argento's Suspiria, but the especially the shower scene reminded me a lot of like the ways that the witches in that film would like you know manipulate the surroundings so that people oh, yeah. when they're in like an innocuous settings are like oh no I'm I'm being killed by by an everyday harmless thing
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah or it. or something you'd see in a Final Destination movie if there were no witches but just death is yeah just death free. yeah but I, it definitely made me think of both the movie uh, the movie Aerobicide A.K.A. Killer Workout and Death Spot which are both <laughs> good times yeah. if you enjoy. Workout horror from the 80s, as I definitely workout do. Workout
3: horror from the 80s. It's a own mm-hmm.
1: mini-genre. A yeah,
3: mini-genre of two. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And they're both really fun.
3: Yeah.
1: I actually... There
3: might be more than two. There's yeah. Probably got, I'm, I'm there's sure got there has got to be are. something out there. Some, some other direct-to-video. Direct mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah, we'll probably come across it someday, knowing us. Yeah. But anyway, so she, she is sort of blamed as being this witch. Although, what would be her motive? Because... These are her top models. And, you know, the one guy you could you could say, oh, well, he was, you know, killed while photographing
0: designs. He was
3: snooping. Designs. Yeah. And His he espionage was... got thwarted. And, yeah, and we, and we should say that
0: the, the thread that Kolchak tugs on, all wrapped up in this witch coven, all this intrigue, is that there's apparently, like, a strike and some workers in the textile industry, which is why mm-hmm. he's trying to cover fashion. Um, and he's kind of innocuously trying to follow a lead on the textile industry, which is about as boring a thing as I can think of um That he gets roped into this this
3: whole witch business. Yeah, well, that's part of textiles. And it then, is.
1: And <laughs> then there's like a plot where a guy connected to the mob gets killed right. in the melee, and then his associates think Kolchak has something. Of has his, some evidence
0: of
3: yeah. And
1: he doesn't know what they're talking about, but they don't believe him. And but there's they, a whole negotiation. They give him
3: sixty hours. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's, that's going on in the midst of all this stuff. And why that's kind of hilarious is because, as part of that whole conflict that he's having with those guys, they at one point break into the INS office and basically just toss the place and mess yeah. it up. INS and they, being the newspaper
3: he yeah, works for. Yeah, the newspaper
1: he works for. And they <laughs> smear peanut butter all over Vincenzo's favorite hat. <laughs> oh,
3: no. And he says, uh, now I smell like a school Boys lunch. Schoolboy's lunch fox. Yeah. And, and
1: Kolchak isn't concerned because he's busy trying to get together his mojo protection bag to keep him from getting <laughs> so. hexed by the witches.
3: He needs a bear claw, and he needs a bell. Uh, and, and he needs some copper wire. Some copper wire.
0: That's important. witches hate. Hate copper. Hate copper. They, they also apparently hate the sound of glass breaking.
3: Yeah. That's
1: so weird. I mean, no one enjoys that sound, but that's not right. like fingernails on a blackboard or a dog whistle or something. Nope. Right. I, I don't know.
3: Well, it's because, you know, witches are different than us. Or like
1: yesterday when we were in Halloween Town at the big antique mall and that guy kept setting off that animatronic ghost Oh yeah. and it was screeching repeatedly.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, he had to make know. sure it really worked.
1: You could gaslight someone pretty hard with that. <laughs>
3: it went on for a while so they the the coven uh they get him to read things in the mirror and then the mirror it says that he has to go to this head witch and in her closet behind her desk is a wood an oak box and he has to destroy the contents of that oak box and he finds it because you know they let him right to it. Yeah. But it's it's behind a whole bunch of bells. Yeah. Like he has to crash through all these bells to get to the box, which should have been like a bit of a a hint for him that he was in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: it it's, it's in Madame Trevi's office and it's her box. Yeah, Jack
3: right. really know about witches. We right. Know
1: about- he doesn't. So he, but he, he
3: saw a, a, a pin flying through the air yes. and stuff. So he
1: leaves <laughs> the people that are hanging out while a pen is flying and that's yeah. normal and that's cool. And they were going to kill a goat. Those are the good witches. Those are the good witches. And he's mm-hmm. down to believe them. And then he, you know, thinks that Madame Trevi is the bad witch. And so he destroys her box of Mm. items that she had to kind of, like, protect herself from harmful magic.
0: Yeah, so this is the point that I was not really clear on. Is Madame Trevi a witch, or did she just have that stuff as part of her pact with the witch? Right,
3: so I think what it is is she's not a witch. She was just... Uh, made some deals with the witches, yeah, to so that make she would become like her. famous and yeah. But she knew enough that she had protection stuff, right. from the witches, so they couldn't really harm her, right? They can't turn in against that her. box that yeah. was protected by a bunch of bells. This, this is this is this anyway. is the witch equivalent of Kolchak ripping up the contract, right? Yeah. Mm. And Kolchak. You know, being not a witch could go straight through those bells, mm-hmm. take open the box, and burn all of its contents. Yeah. And thus, no longer is the it's the ma- madam protected.
0: Yeah. And it she j-
3: basically instantly starts choking.
0: Yes. Well, that, that black magic, she got the strangle on her.
1: Right. Well, I, I was going to mention a moment right before that, when he's still trying to gather elements for his mojo bag, he needs some copper wire and he's looking around, and he's standing in the trashed office space, yeah. and Miss Emily, who's one of my very favorite characters in the series, she doesn't appear in either of the films, but she's in the series, and she's adorable, and she always has great lines, and I wish I could remember her exact line, but she points out the copper wire to him, and she says, I don't encourage, I just point, point it out or <laughs> yeah. something. Like she sometimes ends up being a partner in crime with Kolchak. Mm-hmm. She adores him, and she likes to be mischievous, and Anyway, I just that They never
3: it, ex- suspect the little old lady.
1: No, and she doesn't really get a big role in this one. In other episodes, we get more of Miss Emily, and I'm always happy when we see her character more. Hmm. Um, you also see more of another co-worker, Updike, who he always calls uptight, mm-hmm. who's a funny funny character as well, but um, Miss Emily is great, so I, I just wanted to shout out to her character since we get to see her <laughs> for at least a little bit in this one. Um, but yeah, so he he burns all the contents of the box in Just in a in garbage, garbage bag. Yeah. yeah, right and in her like, office. Hopefully, you know, I was watching that thinking, well, at least nothing else is flammable. But Madam Trevi ends up getting rushed to the hospital because she can't breathe and they can't explain what it is. And we see Dr. Loveboat saying, you know. <laughs>
3: Dr. Love, Yeah,
1: sorry, I don't remember the character's name.
3: Loveboat.
1: Yeah, there you go. You got it out of your system now. <laughs> <laughs> so he you know he's talking with carl and he's you know kolchak is saying oh well you probably don't believe in any of this but she thinks that they you know she's been hexed and i have to go find this doll and he said well you know it's like my mother said about chicken soup like it couldn't hurt can't hurt so he he tracks down this little poppet that they've made to hex her and it's bound around the neck and Mm -hmm. once he removes that after fighting off a multitude of mannequins. Yes.
0: So um, the, it, it is a veritable mannequin he, melee in
1: he there. He gets involved in a mannequin brawl. Yes. Well, the
3: mannequin brawls after he cuts the thing off the neck, I think. Well, he has he,
1: to go into the in the room where they all are to get the doll.
3: Right. But it's then he has to get out of the room. Right. Once he's in the room and he's mm-hmm. saved the doll. Because they didn't care. I mean, they can he can...
0: You're take all the doll him. and then, you know, <laughs> Aren't let they him ever. have his
3: thing. Because they, once they kill him, they can just mm. tie the doll back up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then it's the, the mannequin melee for sure.
1: Which is great. Yeah. And I, a reason to watch this episode, to watch Darren McGavin battleman
0: Battleman. There's also in that same scene there is some great shots of him just smashing mirrors with a chair. Because yeah. cause witches do not like the sound of glass being broken. Yeah. Um, and
1: all the while the apparently- real witch, Madeline, the mm-hmm. model who's played by Laura Parker, is cackling and she's excited.
0: And she's got a great little monologue about, you know, come join me, I'll make you famous. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know I've, I've got witchy powers. We could do all sorts of awesome stuff together. And
1: so when they brawl, he ends up trying to drown her in a vat of was it, oh,
3: no. was blue, that, dye. Was it blue dye or was yep. it
1: blueing agent because like i was trying to think that um would,
3: blue dye
1: something very toxic for, that's just sitting in that fashion house
3: yep dyeing, you know fabric yeah blue. garments
1: right I it, just, it, it might
3: be like the
0: denim dye that they have as yeah. somebody
1: who works with silk dyes on a regular basis like you don't keep your fashion you like your finished fashions or your drawings and your mannequins next to big vacuum The forty gallon. So it's just weird, mode. weird, yeah.
3: weird, <laughs> weird, convenient. Well, you know, you mean, that he had there. to test to see if she was an actual witch because witches can't be drowned. Yeah, so she was she wasn't to,
0: down there long enough to he, drown anyway. He had to
3: try drowning her, though. <laughs> also <laughs> he <had to> try. <laughs> if she
1: had drowned, like how is he explaining that, he,
3: that? She would have been exonerated from being a witch. But like, yeah, he would but have been, would going have been to a murderer. Jail. Yeah. <laughs> but for this, drowning this is Colchak. He needs to take a risk. a risk.
1: And if her hair comes out like like a bluish white, like it looked like they put like this crazy wig on yeah. the actress, right. and she and her face is all blue, and she's screaming at him, and then he calls her out in the street in front of everyone because apparently if you accuse a witch publicly, yeah, there have to be
0: witnesses. That's
1: that's how that works. So yeah,
0: they lose their away power.
1: It takes them power.
0: And then because she lost her power, she apparently this is kind of like a throwaway line at the ep- end of the episode, but she. Apparently has a case of the pox that nobody has seen for like five hundred years. Yeah. Um, So she, uh, yeah, the last shot of her shows her face getting like little like sores and pox marks on it.
1: It might be kind of a she made so many she made some and packed it down. It's all coming due, kind of a thing. Or maybe she's like an ancient witch. Yeah, that's true. She She she, could also just be like five hundred years old. Yeah.
0: She uh, she she dodged those Salem trials.
1: Yeah. So that was a really fun lighthearted episode i mean kolchak for the most part um the movies are are definitely darker and i feel like have a little bit more to say and but the television series is a little bit fluffier yes um in comparison
3: so this is i mean you say lighthearted but there was two uh two murders two murders um, and a a maiming yeah and a attempted murder Oh
1: well Multiple right.
3: Well murders.
1: but I mean
0: But but we also we also have moments of Kolchak. you know But like, it was oh,
3: cheeky and fun. Yeah, there, yeah, there's
0: also moments like, Oh, we require a nominal uh donation, sir. Um not that nominal. Yes. <laughs> yes. Give us more and then he takes his money on the way out. Yeah,
1: which is great.
0: <laughs> he's yeah. Kolchak. He's Kolchak. Right. <laughs> so you
3: know he wears I'm... the same suit every single day.
0: Oh, he's so good.
1: I definitely think that the first two films. Have more to say, like they have more depth and more seriousness in their tone, right. especially the first one. Um, but but this, you know, slate hard, fluffy murder, supernatural things, and but it's a good time. It's very entertaining, and if you're a fan of any of the episodes and you haven't seen this one in a long time and want to revisit it or you haven't seen them all, this is one I recommend, definitely. Very, like, really the only thing this episode had in common with the X-Files episode that we're going to talk about that they also presented is the fact that Kolchak, the character and the the story that the show and movies came from the Kolchak tapes, mm-hmm. that led to basically Chris Carter dreaming up the X Files. That was one of the right. major influences. So, yeah. so it's Pink just sort
3: inspiration. of
1: yeah. So it's paired together because without Kolchak, you don't really get the X Files, Or would you get Erie Indiana either. I yeah. feel like is that's another well, I'm show sure that was, was lots fun.
3: of things that were sure. at least somewhat I'm honestly,
0: you know, the, the cult status that Colchak has, I know it's not widespread, and they even said this at the theater, it's kind of a niche thing, um, the the Colchak the fandom, but I'm surprised they haven't tapped it to, like, you know, like, reboot it at some point, because it's been 50 years. And they did, actually. Did they?
1: In the late 90s, early 2000s, I want to say. Hmm. I have not seen it. I am told it is not that good.
0: Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Because the, the, the character is fun. He's always, he's, he doesn't quite break the fourth wall, but he's also one of those people that only kind of half takes everything that's happening seriously mm-hmm. until he has to. Right. Um, he al- he always comes through at the end. He gets his mojo bag. He fights the witch. It's fine. Um, but but all the way up to that point, he's like, oh, yeah, witchcraft. Oh, okay, wink, wink. <laughs>
1: you do get him in the X-Files. Dara McGavin shows up in the X-Files as a character, as an old agent Who's kind of considered one of the fathers of the X? files Yeah, wasn't he like, was like the first X Files? Right, right, right. So you yeah. have you get to see his character in flashbacks, played by a younger actor when those events were actually supposed to be taking place, and then in the current timeline of the X Files when Scully, Mulder and Mulder, <laughs> yeah, Mulder and Scully. Sorry, guys. Um, when they interact with him, uh, I believe his na- the character's name was Arthur Dales, Asian Arthur Dales. And I don't have that in front of me, so I'm just going from memory. But he shows up in a couple episodes. He's kind of a recurring character in the later mm-hmm. mythology.
3: And then in the newer X-Files that they just did a few years ago, um, they do have that episode with uh, Rise Darby. Mm, yeah. Where he plays a were-human <laughs> but he dresses
1: just like but Pearl he dresses kolchak. just like yeah.
3: kolchak as like a reference to kolchak that's yeah. a great look i'm just saying that you know i i feel like maybe
0: it was um darren mcgavin's portrayal because he just he's just so affable he seems like right. such an everyman you know um but you know i, th- I feel like the world is ready for another Colchak.
3: it'd be hard um, for somebody to live up to darren mcgavin's cold check though. absolutely it's like um what's his name in the king and i or like oh yeah
0: dracula you talking about yul brenner yeah yeah yul brenner was the king in the king and i it wasn't like four thousand shows
3: of that
1: my my favorite yul brenner though is westworld i gotta say oh yeah
3: <laughs> or uh Bell lugosi and dracula you know it's those things that mm-hmm. like they made it so iconic Although then Christopher Lee came along and he made a different iconic Dracula. But he wasn't
1: trying to be Bela Lugosi. He was his own version of Dracula. And I think that's what you would need. I think you would need a Kolchak. You need somebody who's very charismatic Mm -hmm. and able to carry off some of those qualities and be a bit jaded and have Mm -hmm. kind of a snarky sense of humor and he'd have to find somebody who has their own brand of that. Yeah. That really
3: works. I feel like I, I, Nathan I, Fillion would do a Yeah, good Nathan Kolchak. Fillion. Or, like, like even, like, George yeah. Clooney,
0: I think, could be a good Kolchak. Because George Clooney is also kind of, like, sarcastic, doesn't take things seriously, very charming. But also, you know, he doesn't quite have the everyman quality that Nathan Fillion does, but...
1: Yeah, because Kolchak's definitely an everyman. Like he's a
0: down-to-earth when dude.
1: When... Yeah. Kolchak shows up at a crime scene or, like, when he's in the fashion house in this episode, for example, like, they kind of look down their nose at him. Oh, yeah. I don't feel like people are looking down their nose at George Clooney. No, And not necessarily Nathan Fillion either, but Nathan Fillion, I feel like, could play a character like that more convincingly. Mm -hmm. Um, But but George Clooney, especially at this point in his life, like, he just, he's got more of a Cary Grant thing going on. I, I
0: guess that's true.
1: Yeah, so, any other thoughts on the Mm -hmm. trevi collection
0: it's all it's always it's just a joy to see Colchak doing what he does
1: the chocolate fashions Mm -hmm. the chocolate and caramel (laughs) (laughs) Mm fashions. okay well so yeah the they showed us some more commercials and they were fun and it was interesting because during the commercial break both andy and drew got up to use the restroom sorry that's tmi whoa but
0: <laughs> no one but us uses the restroom
1: no it's just funny because it like i haven't seen i hadn't seen the episode home in a really long time because it's intense and a lot of times when i watch x files i'm usually in the mood for a lighter monster of the week i mean yeah. it's definitely a monster of the week episode but it's it's super intense and sometimes i'm shy away from the darker ones especially you know depending on my mood but it opens with this woman like screaming in pain while she's giving birth in this dark Texas Chainsaw Massacre-esque house Mm -hmm. and it shows bloody umbilical cord a, a bloody umbilical cord being cut and that's when Drew happens to like walk-in who hadn't seen this before and so it was just Just like like, it doesn't like start out with any kind of banter or anything it just cold open bam here we go it's bloody it's gory it's messed up and then x-files scene after i can't remember if that happens or the x-files theme happens after that
3: yeah, it ha- Between it happens, that and, it like... happens after, after they, they bury, bury it. the After baby.
1: they bury the baby. Yeah, yeah, so you're treated to just straight-up horror. Yep. And I'm willing to bet the network got some calls on this episode, um, Yeah, Fox sure.
0: especially, for sure.
1: So, Home, if you're wondering and interested, uh, is from the fourth season of The X-Files. It's a second episode, and it originally aired October 11th, 1996. And mm-hmm. I watched The X-Files fairly religiously throughout my high school years, and saw a good chunk of these especially from the 4th season but i for whatever reason maybe because it was halloween month i mm, wasn't mm-hmm. i wasn't home that sunday night when yep. x when the x-files came on so um i missed this one i didn't end up seeing it later until i was in college on a 24-hour marathon on fx mm-hmm. like 4 years later and that was like we talked about a cat of content warning yeah and they I... didn't just do it before the episode they warned people throughout. They were like, at blah, blah, blah time, we're going to show home, and viewer discretion is strongly advised. Yeah. It's like <laughs> FX was like warning you well, about this episode multiple times yep. before they actually played it, and I was like, oh my God, what am I in for? Well, it's I about
3: two things. It's a good way of covering their own asses, yeah. but at the same time, that's some publicity. Yeah, that's I a think. great way that's to up off. Like, well, right. well, we got to at least watch this one. Yeah. This one's gonna be insane.
1: It's like a it's like a drive-in movie tactic. It's like you know this this movie is going to terrify you. You know Mm -hmm. you'll need a barf bag. You know or something. Or here's a you know if you die during a fright.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So good. If you want to watch the movie, sign the medical waiver. Was it was it Roger Corman that did that stuff? Uh, William William
0: Castle Castle. mostly. Other
1: people did it as well, but William Castle's kind of the guy who like made that famous. The King of the Ballyhoo.
0: Yeah, this this episode, by the way, was co-written by James Wong, who some of you may know as the director of Final Destination, the first movie, uh, as well as the Jet Li movie The One, and some other movies that are not as good. So we're not going to mention them I here. I think but he those are directed two.
3: another Final Destination too. Like, he made have. He directed have, the yeah. first one, and then I think like a couple went out, and mm. then like he directed another. I think. Yeah, but he also always... ooh maybe part Final three. Final Destination Part like, Three is hole.
1: good. Final Destination Three.
0: I saw the first one when I was a little too young for it, and I'm a person that has uh, anxious tendencies, shall we say? And so the concept of uh, the the idea of death stalking you and and murdering you in various ways is a little too much for me Fair at the enough. time. So I've never seen any of the rest of them. Three um, involves
1: a roller coaster. That's like. The I, main I mean, thing. Is, is that
0: the one where they like flash fry that woman in the tanning bed too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen the previews <laughs> for it, so. Yeah. Uh, it, it looked goofy. I've seen the first two. It They're stars
1: Maria with Elizabeth Weinstead who okay. I really like. So yeah. if you're if you're a fan of hers, then I'd mm-hmm. say check that out.
0: Yeah, but James Wong also uh, a frequent contributor to the X Files, and actually co-wrote several of what people consider to be kind of. The scariest episodes, some of the early really good episodes. Definitely. Um, He co-wrote Tombs, which is, you know, an episode about a guy who steals people's blood. Is that what he does? Well, this is actually
1: Tombs is a second of two episodes about a character named Eugene Victor Victor Tombs. Yeah is he's not quite all human. I'm not sure how to describe him. Yeah. He needs livers for sustenance and he goes through a prolonged hibernation period once yeah, he he's gets like those a, livers. Like a
0: generational serial killer story. He is, shows up, yeah.
1: he shows up in the first season and I'm not sure Um, if it was the same director for Mm -hmm. that first season episode. But the first season episode is called Squeeze.
0: Right, yes. He also co-wrote Squeeze. Okay, so Squeeze
1: is the first one. And so he might have been responsible for the development of that character then. Mm -hmm. And then season three or four... Yeah, he comes back. don't have that in front of me. He comes back and... Um, because basically he comes, he's in an uh, institution. and He kind of comes up for a review, not yeah. really parole, because that's not quite exactly how that works. But they decide he's rehabilitated enough to rejoin society. <laughs> he's because, no
0: longer an inhuman monster. Well, because nobody <laughs>
1: believes that part. Yeah, you know, they think Mulder's crazy and out uh, to get him. And so, and and the second episode was actually one of the first. I saw that one first before I saw Squeeze, mm-hmm. and, and that was one of my X files I ever saw. I remember looking at the air vent yep. in the wall <laughs> and being very concerned about it, and having trouble going to sleep that night. So,
0: oh, and that's how you know it's good horror, well done. right there.
1: Yeah that, yeah, that one's infamous.
0: Yep, yep. But that's uh this is the person responsible for this this episode that we're discussing, um, and it's great. There's so much uh, right. Right after the theme song, the opening on this this ball game, those kids are playing. All the all the shots of him tapping home plate, or you know, it's like ah, that's where oh, the baby is coming. It's, it's yeah. so good. This episode is just great. Yeah, <laughs> it's, rough. it's instead
1: of the bomb on the bus, it's the baby corpse under first base. Yep, or home base under home yeah. base. Well,
0: and that's the thing is that home is a theme mm-hmm. throughout this episode. There's there's the home plate. There's the town that's called. And there's their home um it's, it, it, it's it's just really well
1: um they totally just the makeup on these actors is extreme they're very deformed very inbred family that the mother was we learned throughout later in the episode was in a terrible car accident and they took her out of the hospital instead of allowing her to be treated and they stitch her up at home as she says the way we learn or, or the way our ancestors learned in the war of northern aggression and it's just like they are when you think of the scary inbred redneck stereotype Mm. they're that on steroids they've
0: lived in that house since the civil war there's no electricity no running water
1: their family tree does not branch no it is a telephone pole practically (laughs) and they, I'm, you know, they don't go into the details of why the baby that was born at the very beginning is buried alive, other than it's heavily deformed, and so I guess the family members at least could tell that it wasn't going to survive, mm-hmm. and that's why they put it in the ground, but your episode opens with a baby being buried alive. Yep. Like that's where we're going. It's with hardcore. This so it's good. definitely keep that in mind. This yeah. may not be for you. Mm-hmm. And characters that are very likable get brutally murdered. In this. Yeah,
0: that's that, that part was almost harder to watch. Yeah. For me, where, yeah, the, the, the local sheriff and his wife just get clubbed to death and it's rough.
1: That's actually the, the sh- killing of the sheriff and his wife in their home. They're, you know, there are these people that love their their town immensely. They love the fact that nobody locks their doors. they're small town folk they don't want the change Yep. and they've been willing to turn a blind eye to this kind of
3: crazy family this
1: this nest of incestuous danger that's right, right on the edge of their town, That could have potentially been a threat at any time. Oh, yeah. Because you don't know. They could be like, the hog crop wasn't good this year, so we're going to start picking off motorists that pass through town. Yeah, or or
0: Mulder and Scully. Scully specifically was very concerned about, like, are there missing persons around here? Where did this baby come from? Right. Like, yeah. Well,
1: because they think the mother is dead. They definitely know about the, you know, incestuous nature of the family, but they think the mother's dead, so they just think there's a bunch of males living in the house, so they jump to the conclusion that there must be a woman being held against her will yeah. that they are making pregnant which is so dark. Yeah. This, this is, and then, you know, all of these reasons are why I hadn't seen this in a really long time and why that was, something. I think I, I watched it like twice in my life yeah. before this and there's so many episodes of The X-Files I've seen repeatedly and this one was just like, I have to be in the right mood yeah. <laughs> to
0: deal with this. There's also, there there's some interesting subtext in this too and I'm not sure how intentional this was but I, I, fe- I feel like there's there's some of this that that has to be telegraphed by the writers but the the idea that um you know the sheriff is like oh it's a small town we don't want our ways to change i you know nobody locks their doors we got a quiet community everybody knows each other his name's um,
1: andy too which his is name's, older.
0: and and is uh fucking <laughs> his, deputy, his barney. deputy barney yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: Mulder's is greatly amused and poor poor andy and barney both I die violently at the yeah. hands of the peak family
0: um but there's this this notion that like we don't want change to come and now that this terrible thing has happened and it's been discovered by the outside world you know nothing's ever going to be the same in this town um but there's this that's not necessarily a bad thing because the the old and this is a theme in like hp lovecraft too is that like modernization has a lot of evils with it but sometimes getting rid of the old ways like you get rid of that old stuff because some of that old stuff is bad uh and i think that's that's this family is emblematic of that like yeah the old way you know we didn't want to change things up too much so we just kind of put up with and ignored this you know this weird inbred family out there um, but, you know, in so doing, you kind of write your
3: own... Uh, you know They're the ones you're... that really didn't change. Exactly. Well,
1: and I think sometimes the clash between the force of change or the forces of change and that which resists the change so deeply can be very horrific and violent, you know. Like, I think there are a lot of things that a lot of people not everybody because some people are aware of these things all the time but you know mm-hmm. there are a lot of aspects of like our own country and society that a lot of people have their eyes open to in the last several years that I think were very intense oh and yeah man confrontational and things that you would rather not look at and so I feel like on the one hand a lot of us are like that sheriff where it's like you just want your quiet just want to live in peace you know yeah there's extremely messed up things going on in that one house down the road but we're gonna look the other way maybe some people have gone missing we don't know we're just gonna look the other way until they come to your door in the middle of the night and bash your brains in yep and, and then
0: boy howdy, don't you wish you'd you know, kept that gun by your side. Don't you wish you'd lock your doors? <laughs> I mean Mulder and Scully
1: survive because it's the accident they have to and it's their show. Mm-hmm. But you could also say like symbolically, like you were talking about the subtext in this, Andy, they're the agents of change right. directly mm-hmm. and the people who resisted the change got a bit in the ass by the by the the very thing that needed to be changed. Yeah, well, yeah, um, and, and, and Mulder and Scully. Them.
0: Yeah, Mulder and Scully are in the thick of it all the time. Yeah, yeah and Mulder well, and
1: Scully are, are walking in, eyes open, being like, no, this is severely messed up and we right. must do something about yeah. it. It needs to stop now. And I,
0: I know they're federal agents and stuff like that, but it, if it were me, the instant that they killed Deputy Andy, I would have been like, get the gas, torch it. We are burning this place to the ground.
1: Well, they had to make sure there wasn't an innocent victim. Right. In yeah, in
3: some the point, they still yeah. thought there was an. Yeah, there was woman. an innocent person. They in did so not
1: know that that Mother Peacock was hiding near the floor.
3: Yeah, got on strapped, strapped to like her a weird bed chamber thing with because she has no arms and no legs anymore. Yep. Yes, yeah, like I said,
0: some great body horror. Yeah. Oh um, man, and her face that's been all smashed
3: up and. Well, I think her cool. face was already. That's just the no, no,
0: inbreeding. There's, no, there's the
3: pictures of her where she looks normal. Well, she's um, a little she bit. She has of, like on the one side. Yeah.
1: There's a family deformity that you see kind of get more like you see in old photos where like the husband, everybody has it a little bit. This yeah. like d- yeah. facial deformity and it gets more exaggerated with the youngest mm-hmm. generation.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting also because there's uh there, there is a, these days, at least, I hear this from a lot of people that live in, like, the, the ultra-connected city life or on social media all the time. They work too much. There's a, um, a a desirable quality to, like, living off the grid, you know, farming your own food, subsistence farming, not really sure. messing with all that stuff. Sure. Um, Yeah, there's a a quality that we want to go back to, but I think it's easy to forget a lot of the other stuff that came with it beforehand.
1: Right. You need a balance. Yes. I think, think, you know, on the one hand, I think it's important that people know how to work with their hands and Mm -hmm. be connected with nature and understand seasonal changes and how that influences crops. And that, you know, we need to know how things are made and how things are done more intimately. But we also need our education and our technology need to from be able other to realms. Need to know. get
0: the Knicks game, just like Mulder Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just think there
1: needs to be a balance. Like, you wouldn't want to throw out all of the things that we've learned with our technology. You just you want to still take some of that wisdom, you know, from both worlds. Right. When you go to one extreme or the other, you, you end up with kind of a deep malaise in, yes. like, in, in humanity.
0: You, you too, <laughs> and, I'm, and I apologize in advance for this, but you wouldn't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater.
1: Yeah. Right. Or Zzzing. you want to throw the baby out with home plate. I don't yeah, know. Nope. <laughs> oh, Yeah, this one's grisly, guys. It's (sighs) it's a gross episode. And uh, there's some people, you know, that we know that listen that I I specifically am going to say don't watch this. Don't watch this one. Watch the Trevi collection. We actually haven't even
3: mentioned all the horrible things. There's other things that are, like, horrible in this. Yeah. That, yeah.
1: You, I mean, there's a shot of the entrance to the family home. And there's a severed pig head just rotten on the steps. I mean, it's just straight up horror. Yeah. It's. And some people are going to love that. Like, this is, this plays like a, I think, minus commercials, this is like a 40, 45-minute runtime. It's a Mm 45-minute horror movie with the X-Files characters in it. That's so good. Basically. (sighs) And And it doesn't get, you know, when they show reruns and syndication a lot of times, now everybody has streaming, so it's not, or most everybody mm -hmm. has streaming, so it's not as big of a deal. But X the X Files has been in reruns and syndication on cable since the early days, pretty yeah. much, and and this is just one of those episodes that just never you never saw.
0: Yep, yep, and it's it's great too because it's got a dark ending. They don't catch all of the bad guys. No, in they this. don't. They, Which uh, is
1: like classic horror, yeah, right there. Yeah, it's sti-
0: it's still a, they could be anywhere. The
1: peacocks, the mother and a couple more one son. Yep one son get away Mm -hmm. and apparently that's all they need in a cadillac yeah they stole or found abandoned
0: big american car
1: yeah no it's it's just oh so such an upsetting episode but Mm -hmm. it was cool to see it on the big screen and it's perfect for halloween time because it's just disturbing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) not that everything i love about halloween is disturbing there's lots of cozy fall magical things that i love mm-hmm. about halloween but sometimes you want some hardcore horror and i guess
0: yeah, the great of...
3: pumpkin is not disturbing
0: no no the great pumpkin it might is be not to
1: someone disturbing. i there's i was listening to a podcast and i'm not going to name names because i really enjoy the podcast and so i don't want to call them out but they were saying how much they hate the peanuts and i almost considered not listening anymore oh, like what's wrong with that, you guys that's blasphemy you don't in have house. to love it uh, i understand <laughs> if it's not your thing but like what's with the intense hate mm-hmm. yeah i hate snoopy
3: I think it, it grows from when everybody loves something and you're told you have to love it sure. and you're oh, not yeah. Yeah. 100 no, into it, then it's like people are like, well, now I have to hate it. Yeah. I can't just not like it. Mm-hmm. You have to hate it. It's okay. like people. There's those people that are like, I don't like the Beatles, or I don't like Nirvana, or I don't like the Monster Mash. <laughs> so one of those the personal things. So well,
1: yeah, yeah. We we. I'm also, not saying
3: I don't like the Monster Mash. We, I'm saying we know somebody. We that know hates somebody the Monster who Mash. hates,
1: intensely hates the Monster Mash. But and it is it's overplayed. a
3: graveyard smash. How can yeah, you hate I it? <laughs> right.
1: I definitely don't I mean need it. To caught hear on in a year.
0: flash. No. So yeah. <laughs>
1: So you guys, it is time to stop now. Okay. So I thought maybe we kind of covered this more in depth several years ago when we did our first Halloween episode which was our Halloween special special and we had our guest Nathan Toll for that one. We kind of we talked about what we love to watch for Halloween, mm-hmm. but I just thought, you know, it's been a few years and, you know, our official Halloween episode was our Tower of Terror episode, but we wanted to focus heavily on that and all things Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. What what are some of your favorite, you have to see things this time of year? It's, I just want a quick discussion.
0: It's funny that you mentioned that because I actually, my roommate um, was just randomly watching The Halloween Tree the other day. Oh yeah. Um, and it's, you know, I, I mentioned it in that first episode we did, and I will say it again, it is just fantastic. You've got Ray Bradbury in it, you've got um, Spock is in it, Leonard Nimoy is in it. It's it's a dark story. There's somebody's life on the line. Yeah. And there's also, you know, it hasn't aged super well in terms of like cultural appropriation and representation, but it's still pretty darn good for a kid's Halloween special.
1: I saw it as um, a child and I remember it kind of haunting me for a yeah, while.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and and they 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 make a deal with like a cryptkeeper at the end where they sacrifice years of their lives to save their friend, yeah. which is like that's that's a dark pact you're signing right there. That's pretty neat.
1: That's intense.
0: Yeah. Um so I, I love the Halloween. Um, it has been a good month for me in terms of horror movies. Me and my roommates have just been going at it. We, um,
1: we <laughs> sorry,
2: yeah, no, not
0: not like that.
1: With the dummy, yeah. <laughs> the dummy that never comes out.
0: It's still in the closet. We are just keep
1: that dummy in the closet. It's, it's Mike's.
0: I am not laying claim to
3: that dummy. It is not my curse to bear. So yeah. it is. It is all him. Um, but no, we we re- have to start taking drinks for uh for mentions of the dummy in the closet the um god i kind of i kind of want him to like bring
0: it out at halloween to like give candy to kids but that might be too much it'd be a good um, way to
1: never have to give out candy again for
0: sure uh, yeah. um but we rewatched uh, halloween recently the john carpenter movie mm-hmm. always a classic um yeah, you know, some people think it's boring, but it's it's a slow burn. It's good.
1: Oh, no, you can't beat the, the original Halloween. Yeah,
0: and we, we've watched several of the sequels, which were not near as good, um, the, despite Donald Pleasant's increasingly losing his mind in each have of the movies. Have you seen
1: Halloween 3, which does not have Mike Myers in it or anything to do with the... No,
0: I haven't. That's one of the ones I haven't seen. Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch. It actually witch.
1: is steeped in Halloween feels, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, but... Um, and it has, as it has a lot involving, uh, possessed or just enchanted masks mm-hmm. that will kill kids at a certain point in That's time. That's fun. If they watch a Halloween special and it stars Tom Atkins and he's mm-hmm. trying to stop it, and it's it's such it's such a people got really mad at it when it came out because it didn't have Mike Myers. And if you're a Halloween franchise fan, then this is all old hat to you guys. And sorry mm-hmm. for the repeats, but um, yeah, at the time when it came out. Originally, there was talk between Deborah Hill and John Carpenter and other people who were working on the Halloween films. They kind of did Halloween Two as like an obligatory thing. They didn't really want, they didn't to. want to. Like yeah. it was intended to be a standalone movie, just like the first Friday the Thirteenth. Right. And honestly, we could have just had Halloween. Sorry, Halloween franchise fans. And it was. It's so good. It holds up on its own. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily need all those other movies unless you're a super fan, which some people are. Yeah. Totally respect that. Um, You know, and I say that as there's a new movie out that came out this year. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm
3: Team Jason.
1: I, yeah, I mean, I don't like to pit what I love against what other people love, but yeah, I'm definitely Friday the Thirteenth girl. But anyway, they brought out this movie. They thought, well, we could just tell other scary stories that take place on Halloween, and yeah. a Halloween series every year could be a different themed movie, kind of like a long anthology in yeah. a way. And so Halloween 3 was the first foray into that, and people flipped out so much because they were so attached to the Mike Myers storyline, and it bombed, Yeah, that they basically said, no, we can't, well, we'll give you some more Mike Myers. Yeah. So you get four and five Oof, and six. Which and were just
0: rude. <laughs> yeah, really.
1: You know, say what you will about Mike Myers versus Jason, but... Friday Thirteenth Part Six versus Halloween Six, mm-hmm. like come on, yeah. <laughs> you know. Anyway.
0: Yeah, and I've I've heard people say that that if you just just took Halloween out of the title for you know or like took the Mike Myers association with Halloween out of out of Friday or out of um, Halloween Three, that it's a really good movie.
1: What's well, subtitled Season of the Witch? Season, you just yes. could have called it. Season if you just of call it Witch. Season
0: of the Witch, it's a fine movie. But everyone had the Halloween in
1: So yeah, it. I recommend checking that out. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. got a. Um, musical jingle that will get stuck in your head forever Uh, but sorry and
0: and it's not the john carpenter no
1: it's not and i'm I'm not gonna spoil it for you i'm just gonna you can you can text me when it's when the earworm is in there for good Mm -hmm. and say thanks allison (laughs) but if that's that's one i recommend if you want a halloween movie that just oozes with halloween Mm -hmm. like that first one does but halloween three I definitely, definitely
0: recommend. Fantastic. And I I have to give a shout out to two ghost story movies, modern ghost story movies. Mm. Um, One, I I see panned a lot. For some reason, people don't like the movie. But The Woman in Black, which is the more recent Um, Hammer Horror film. Yeah. Uh, It's from the English studio Hammer Horror. It's been resurrected. um, And it stars Daniel Radcliffe of Harry Potter fame. Uh, in, I heard it
1: was good in in a
0: haunted house movie, and it's 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 very Lovecraftian. It's very atmospheric. It is fantastic. I love that movie. I only um, haven't
1: seen it because I was worried that I'm gonna per- think I see her out of the corner of my eye or something. It's great, yeah. yeah, and it's
0: it's got some jump scares in it, which you know is it may be your thing, may not be your thing, but there's a lot of there's some jump scares in it, but there's also just great atmosphere. Um, one of my roommate loves it because he thinks that children should not be off limits in horror movies, and this movie goes for the children. That's, um, yeah. You know, Serious it's horror. Serious horror. Um... Pets
1: and kids are fair game.
0: Pets and kids are fair game. That yeah, Michael Myers kills those dogs every time there's a dog. Yeah, I don't
1: know what his problem is. <laughs> right? But, so... Um,
0: and, and the other one I want to mention is the, um, uh, Guillermo del Toro movie, *In Peak, which is also oh. a... A wonderful looking and wonderful just horror movie. It's For a good haunted, ghost story. A haunted house movie. Definitely movies. a good one. So good.
1: Yeah, I we were talking about it before we started recording, but the house on Haunted Hill, the original. I actually, I like, I saw recently saw the early two thousands remake or the late nineties. Anyway, the one that has Chris Kattan in it. Oh it's, no! You know what? In Jeffrey Rush, I actually enjoyed it. Mm. I thought it was it was pretty fun. I don't love it like I love the original Vincent Price one.
0: Yeah, wait, no, I'm thinking of the haunting, the one with Catherine Zeta Jones oh. and Noel oh, Wilson.
1: That movie's oh, yeah. that movie's Bad. not good.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> it's fun, but it's not good. Is <laughs> oh. it fun? I think it's fun. I think it's hilarious.
1: I just want to smack all of those CGI baby cherries cherubs in that movie so yes. hard. So, I mean, yeah, isn't
3: everyone just waiting for the scene where? Uh, Owen Wilson gets his head bit off oh yeah
1: honestly as I, I normally enjoy Lily Taylor as an actress and her character which her portrayal of Nell Nell's a little bit of a sad sad character just in general because if you watch mm-hmm. the original or if you've read the book mm-hmm. but like she is so whiny and so such an Eeyore like I just oh. I can't stand her in that movie. It's a hard watch. Everyone in that movie is obnoxious. Yes. Pretty much everyone, including Liam Neeson, which is not something I'd usually describe Liam Neeson as, but everyone in that movie is obnoxious, Mm -hmm. and the animation in it is terrible. Yes. I saw that in the theater and hated it. Anyway, not a recommend. I recommend you watch the original House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price. It's so good. It's... It feels like Halloween should like mm-hmm. it's just a perfect classic Halloween movie. That one I also really love the original Thirteen Ghosts. Plus, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. are into that one, but that's one of my favorite. I also really enjoy watching Hocus Pocus around this time of year for something that's not a horror movie. Hocus know? Pocus is fantastic. Um, that's just
0: that's just good fun.
1: Yeah, and one of my favorite horror movies for this time of year to watch is Night of the Demons. Night of the Demons is so good. The original, there's yeah. a remake, too. Remakes, eh, it's okay. It's not so great. Mm-hmm. But the original is just classic 80s cheese. Mm. so good. And it just feels like 80s Halloween dialed up to 11.
3: Right on. Drew, you got any picks? Halloween movies? Well, every one of the she just said. <laughs> we are married. Um, which, yeah, we've actually watched multiple times on Halloween. We've um, not watched one, Night of the Demons yet this year. I know. We all, yeah, almost put it on yesterday but um <laughs> one we usually watch every year as well is uh the ichabod crane cartoon oh yeah oh yeah yeah
1: as we talked about when we did that halloween episode mm-hmm. years back
3: because mm-hmm. that's that's just classic we
1: have watched that
3: this oh time. man and we should i should rewatch watch sleepy one. hollow
1: Mmm, the Tim Burton one? The Tim
3: Burton one. That,
1: I also, I haven't watched that in a few years and I own it, but that is also one I really It's enjoy. funny, it holds
0: up. Every time I see that movie, it's just as good as the last time I saw it. But.
1: Yeah, I definitely enjoy that one a lot. Normally, I get a little annoyed or irritated, especially with Tim Burton when he takes a lot of liberties with the original source material. Mm-hmm. But that one works for me. Yeah. I don't know. I just, that one, it I came think together well. I still
3: saw that one at a younger age and, I don't know, nostalgia.
1: Mm-hmm. you think i mean i know some people don't like it
3: it's not my favorite movie
1: i've got the sets and the costumes and the cast is so good there's so many good actors Of course, there in could that. just
3: be part of my problem is that they made christina ricci blonde and it throws me off oh yeah being yeah I see that. it's kind ricci of it's fan. kind of
1: i i will give you that it's her i i love her her casting as katrina is a little a little wonky
0: they could have just not made her blonde. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why they had to. It changed other things in the story. so That's true. I guess
1: because they thought she was like Pennsylvania Dutch. So she needed right. to be really Need to be blonde, fair. Yeah. But there's dark haired Dutch people. So mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. it's it, But it's not really. For me it's not really. I don't know. Her, perform, her performance in that is, is fine. But it's just not quite. Like the Katrina if you read the story. You know she's. It's just a little more... I don't know. She's
3: not much of a character, really. She's not. No,
1: but I'm, I would expect somebody a little bit more vampy, I guess, slightly, just from, like, the some of the... Maybe I'm just thinking of the Disney cartoon too much, right. but, like, yeah, you know, actually, you know I think would make a good Ichabod Crane, and we've never seen him as Ichabod Crane? I think Adrian Brody would make a good Ichabod Crane. Oh, yeah? And I really liked... When we when we saw the um, the Jeff Goldblum version, although that movie has is not the greatest version, <laughs> like it definitely no, yeah. has it some issues. Also, veers very far from the source. But material. the casting for Ichabod is excellent. Like he's so perfect for mm-hmm. it. So yeah. Drew, your faves.
3: Well, I that was. That's all of them. No, I was gonna say Night of the Demons. No, right. And I
0: I I have to give this a shout out. I know this is a um, you know television media and stuff like that, but the. The sequel to one of my all-time favorite video games, which happens to be a cosmic horror video game, uh, came out yesterday. Oh, what's Um, that? Darkest Dungeon 2. Hmm. Um, The original Darkest Dungeon is fantastic. It's a Lovecraft horror RPG, and this one is more of a roguelike, for you gamers who know what that is. But the atmosphere, they just nail it. The world is ending in the best possible way. It's a great time.
2: Um...
0: (laughs) And that's, that's all I want. I just want to plug that. Like I say, it's been a good season for me as far as spooky stuff, so...
1: Yeah, we, we also, at the Hollywood Theater earlier this month, were treated to see The Hills Have Eyes with Michael Berryman in yeah. it. The Hills Have Eyes isn't necessarily Halloween-centric, because it's just, you know, vacation horror gone wrong, mm-hmm. but... I had never seen it before. I'd always kind of held off because I thought, hey, it might be a little bit too intense for me." And I think I built it up in my head as being a rougher movie than it actually is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the subject matter is rough, but like, it's not as graphic yeah. as you know as it could have been.
0: I felt that way about The Ring. Like when I finally sat down and watched The Ring, because I, you know, when I was in, it came out when I was in, like in middle school or something, and people were like, "Oh, it's so scary, it's terrifying." And I watch it now, and I'm like, "It's." It's pretty tame. Did you watch
1: the American version? I've
0: seen both. I've seen seen Ringu and The Ring. I found,
1: and I have not seen it in a really long time, and actually we just came across it streaming randomly on Shudder, like on their, they have their channel where they just play stuff randomly. Yeah. We caught part of it, and Drew's never seen it, so we had to immediately turn it off because I didn't want, it was at a pivotal spoiler moment. Right, right. But they were playing Ringu, and I just, I remember when I first saw it, the subtlety of it, the original, just is what got under my skin. Yeah. Like I thought the American version was good, but a little bit too overly dramatic.
0: Yeah, they do beat you over the head and with a couple of those a scenes. subtle,
1: I think the subtleness of the original film is what creeps up behind you. Kind yeah. of similar to the way in like uh the BBC Ghost Watch production, like yeah. the subtlety of the presence of the ghost pipes mm-hmm. is unsettling. And it doesn't necessarily it creeps in watching it, but a good movie like that, a good ghost story, you think about it later when you're alone and wish you hadn't. Yep. And that's definitely Ringo for me. Although not so much anymore because it's kind of been so parodied and over the top. It kinda of takes some of the yeah. things yeah. out of it, you know? But but man, that first that first couple of weeks after I saw it, it stayed with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So alrighty, I think I think we'll wrap up, but We were happy to bring you a little random bonus material for the month of October. Yeah. We hope you all have an excellent and happy Halloween. And we thank thank you for listening. We will be back most likely in November with some night gallery. Yeah. So we hope you'll join us next time on the Davenport.
3: The Haunted Davenport. Woo! Watch out for witches and don't forget your copper bells. That's right.
1: And no costume, no candy.
3: Oh. Oh.